Hello and welcome to Millennial Christianity, a podcast dedicated to helping young people see the world through a theological lens. In every episode, we will bring the teachings of the Bible into the context of our daily lives to see how we can be better representations of Jesus here on earth. This is episode one, and today we'll be having a discussion on the fruit of the Spirit. Well, hello, and welcome to our very first episode. And there are three of us in here today, and that lineup will most likely change uh, for every episode. Um, But I am Mike. I am a pastor, youth pastor, young adults pastor in California. And we also have... I'm Ari. She does things. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Ken, and I am also a pastor in the greater Los Angeles area. Awesome. So Ari and I both fall into the uh, millennial generation. I'm at the very end of it. And uh, Ken is much, much older than us. Um, Gen X. Gen X. Forever, baby. Yeah. So we have a monthly gathering of young adults, just this little community that we get together and talk about God's word and hang out with each other, eat some good food. And uh, being that it's only once a month, our goal with this podcast is to uh, provide some between, some in-between times, something for people to listen to, something for people to, to study or, you know, just to hear God's word explained in a more relevant way, wherever they're at. So <clears throat> this Saturday, Ari is going to be teaching about the fruit of the spirit. And so we wanted to take this first episode and just kind of do a, a general overview of the fruit of the spirit. What is the one you're going to talk about? Uh, I'm going to talk about self-control. And self-control, that's that's the NIV version. What does it say, <laughs> like in King James? Ooh, that, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it's I know the there's steadfastness and long-suffering. <laughs> that's like patience. I think I long-suffering think. I think is, yeah, patience. patience. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. So general overview. Uh, what exactly is the fruit of the Spirit? I'll take that one, I think. Uh, The way I see the fruit of the Spirit is, you know, and that it comes out of that passage in Galatians where Paul is writing about, he's contrasting the works of the flesh, and then he he gives a a short list of that, and then he kind of, then he contrasts it with the fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit is something I think that is, it's the character that of Jesus that is, that the influence of the Holy Spirit kind of uh, creates in your life. It's the, mm-hmm. the character that is is um, built or um, generated, I guess, by the Spirit's work in it in the life of an individual. Um, that is that is trusting Jesus. In contrast to the works of the flesh, so it's like works of the flesh. We it comes out of our sin nature and our you know fleshly desires and all that, but. I think Paul is trying to say the distinction is this is a, dis- a unique work that the Spirit is doing in the life of a person. Anybody can be a nice person. Anybody can be loving and joyful. But there's a distinction because the joy and the character that's coming out, which we're calling fruit, is actually a work of the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. deep. That deep? That's deep. <laughs> so Galatians 5, if you want to look that up. Um, but it's love joy peace patience kindness goodness 
gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Yeah. I always feel like it's the seven dwarfs and I miss one, <laughs> but I got all of them. Um, so the character of Christ, do you want to add anything onto that, Harley? Mm, yeah, I think it's true. Like I was thinking about it today and uh, like the contrast between, yeah, anybody could be a nice person, but like what is different about the fruit of the spirit in our lives as Christians than just being like a nice person, I think is that like the way they all work together too and the like relationship of them in that um, if you're really walking with the spirit like they should all be working together and not just arbitrary like uh, not taken away by your circumstance or what's going on in your life or what someone does to you but that it comes from within yeah I like that idea that they all kind of work together it says that, but the fruit of the spirit is love it's not the fruits mm -hmm. of the spirit so it's like love singular like the fruit singular of the spirit is love and it's like from love kind of flows all of these things love joy peace long suffering and all all of that and there's kind of you're right there's this sort of interplay they're all interconnected okay so that's a that's I like that you went there because the question I actually had was why is it singular Hmm. So, not fruits of the Spirit, but fruit of the Spirit. I guess, can fruit be plural in that word? I don't know. So, are you saying that the fruit is love, and then everything else that comes after that is connected to love? Yeah, I, I think that's one way to look at it, that you can, you can see um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness self-control as expressions of love that's one way to, to see it um, that's good mm -hmm. so can i have joy without having love can i have patience without love it goes back to what she's saying like there's there's a connection in all of them inter an interconnectedness and interrelatedness um and that you know if you want to break it up in if you want to break up love in terms of its you know dynamics it would be you know love for God love for others love for self and um, you know you, that you might want to categorize the fruit in, in that area in those different arenas uh, or you know they don't have to be just in one arena love for self love for God love for others but yeah I think I think it's connected can I have joy without having love I don't know I think you can. I think you can have them separately. Mm -hmm. I think they complement each other and work best. Like I'm not always going to have that joy if I don't also have patience because then someone could, you know, make hmm. me wait in the long line at the DMV and then I'm going to run out of, um, if I don't have patience, I'm going to lose my joy. But I think like that's the cool thing about all these things is that like I think in any situation, if you have all of them working together, you're not going to be swayed by the circumstance. Yeah, and I think that's true. Like some circumstances require the the bearing of specific fruit. You know what I mean? Like the DMV. Like the DMV. <laughs> or driving on a I'm going to need to see self control exactly and patience a lot more than maybe joy. 
Um, but I think, again, that's the Spirit's work in us when we're walking. And, you know, Paul talks about earlier walking in the Spirit versus walking in, uh, you know, in the flesh or sowing to the flesh. And so when we're walking in the Spirit, we're bearing the fruit of the Spirit um, increasingly uh, more and more all the time, you know, and, um, and that's kind of the challenge too, so. So the goal is, uh, the goal or the purpose is to, for us to exhibit the character of Christ, right? So the fruit of the Spirit, all these nine, the, the nine fruits is Christ-like character. Yeah. So it's the Holy Spirit helping us to become more like Jesus. Yeah. Right. So in a spiritual sense, is there a process towards producing this good fruit that could be, I mean, is it at all similar to the, the natural way we know to grow fruit? I, I would say yes. Uh, and the metaphor is a little like strange to us because we don't live in an agricultural society like they did in the ancient world so you know if you've if you've planted anything you kind of know <laughs> that each plant has you know each plant needs different things and needs a certain kind of soil yeah. uh, I mean if you want to get super detailed about it you know the pH of the soil needs to be <laughs> at a certain level and some people are you know that hardcore but but in general, sunlight, right? Some of them are more suited to shade versus sun, need more sun. Uh, how many times you water it, you know, how much moisture it needs. Soil is absolutely critical. So in terms of the fruit, I, spiritually speaking, I think that's kind of our, that's kind of our part is God, we don't make the fruit grow. That's a, a work of the spirit. It's like God causes things to grow, but we have responsibility for the condition of the soil keeping the soil healthy, making sure it gets sunlight, making sure it gets w watered in the appropriate amount of moisture. And in, in the soul, in terms of spiritual formation or discipleship, you know, that's all about um, tending to the condition of our hearts, tending to, to the condition of our lives, getting obstacles out of the way for that, obstacles that will naturally um, get in the way of that life, Christ character bearing process that um, the spirit works in us it's getting rid of in hindrances yeah i agree um and i i always come back to like john 15 where he talks about like we're the branches yeah. and like the father is the vine dresser and so he like takes care of it but if we're not abiding in jesus mm -hmm. so if we're not taking time in our lives to sit down and stop and listen to jesus and connect with him and if we're not being honest with him about like oh yeah I had a moment where I was really impatient with someone today like what was that about you know what was it in my heart that was not um not allowing the Holy Spirit to help me have patience yeah. I think is the like part on us to uh to make effort in that to sit with Jesus and to talk about it, to ask the Holy Spirit, like, what is it that's stopping you from producing all these fruit in my life? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and to extend the, you know, kind of the metaphor of that, it, um, I do think, you know, that you are, you know, when you don't engage in those kinds of, like, stopping, pausing, letting God have the time, I mean, 
to think about the culture we live in everything we expect it to happen so instantaneously mm-hmm. um, millennial generation and I'm talking you know about a generation that is not my own so <laughs> correct me where I am wrong but uh, raised on technology right so everything is right there at your fingertips and it's just the worldview that what does it look like and I'm, I'm asking the question too to millennials what does it look like to stop what does it look like to push pause and to stop and listen and to let um, you know to be reflective enough and uh, to give God that moment of showing us what is it that's in the way of the fruit of the good fruit that should be coming out right now <laughs> but it's not you know so in this in this whole growing process can you were talking about uh, like we're responsible for the soil so I'm assuming we, we would use the metaphor or say that the soil is our heart or the soil is our lives and something like that and so the way I understand that is uh, us tending to that soil would be, like you said, pushing pause and listening and, and spending time with Jesus, getting into God's word, uh, getting involved in you know God's kingdom, something bigger than ourselves is cultivating that soil. But I think too, it's um, like doing something with what happens in that time with Jesus too. Like I know that if I spend time with Jesus and he's pointing something out in my life and usually that comes from also a place of like I feel like I'm doing something wrong maybe or like something in my life just doesn't feel like it's working um and I sit with Jesus and he shows me like what that is it's also like part of taking care of that soil like if you see a rock there you need to move it you know you need to get it out and not just continue to allow that to have space and be like oh well I'll just I'll just read my Bible or I'll just pray for 20 minutes and then I feel a little bit better, but the problem is not going to go away. Right. Or the, the uh, Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, and Jesus is talking about uh, the farmer going out to scatter seeds and some of them fell on rocky paths and uh, soil or soil was too shallow or there was weeds that that came up and and stopped the uh, stopped the seeds from actually taking root. Mm-hmm. So, what what do you think would be some of those objects, some of those weeds, some of those things that would uh, hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in our life? I think well, well, the first one that comes to mind, you were meant, kind of alluding to it, Ari, is we live in such a hurried, fast-paced culture, society. There is really I mean, when's the last time you sat and just w- were quiet? And when you try to, when you try to sit in a room and just be quiet for five minutes, uh, it's it's really difficult to kind of to to sh- to stop all the noise. Even when you stop the external noise, then there's internal noise, and uh, all that technology and all that media influence kind of creates that in our culture. So I think that's one of the rocks in my mind. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges I've had, even as a uh, as a pastor, is to be able to to pause long enough to actually sense the presence of God at work mm-hmm. in my life and in my in that moment to to listen and to hear. 
and it, it takes it, it takes intentional work and effort sometimes to really get into that place where you are not where you're not hurried and just going from one thing to the next so to me one, that's one of them and there are probably a whole slew of other kinds of rocks we could we could talk about so what do you think are some others I for me I think it's people <laughs> honestly because if I think of it from like love right there's sometimes where I don't want to love somebody like I know I'm supposed to I know that's what my call is and I know that's the Holy Spirit telling me hey you need to show this person love but I really don't want to especially if you know if it's like I feel like I've been wronged by them uh-huh. you know or it's hard to be patient with some people um, I think that doing the work of ministry would be so much easier if I didn't have to talk to people <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense but it's the best part of ministry and the yeah. worst part of ministry like I, I yeah. really think that my biggest hindrance is people but I totally see where you're coming from with the with the, the quietness thing and the yeah. fast paced life that we live but I also think that I mean, you had said earlier that, uh, you know, we have everything at our fingertips. And so for for Christians, I really don't see a valid excuse for not being in God's presence more, right? Everybody probably has a smartphone. You can listen to a sermon. You can listen to the Bible. That's what my wife does when she drives to work. You can <laughs> listen to worship music. You can, you know, on your break, you can open your free Bible app and read scripture. Yeah. Like there's, there's so many opportunities for people, but they, I mean, we're all guilty of it. I'm not trying to single anybody out, but yeah. you know, get where you're coming from. If we're talking about rocks, so like back to the Matthew 13 passage, you know, there were four types of soil, right? There was the, there was the path, which was just sort of a um, kind of hardened place. The seed didn't even have a chance and the enemy took the seed away. The birds ate it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you had the um, the shallow soil, which is, I think, what you're talking about, the rocky layer that was underneath. And um, and then you had the thorns, which would be like the, 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 the weeds or things that need to be pulled out. And then you had the good soil. But if we're talking about rocks that need to be removed, another one that I think, and maybe it's a little, it's, it's tough to deal with this one because, uh, especially, I think, in the younger, young adults, just don't maybe have the what's the word maybe the emotional awareness to be able to deal with what I call uh, woundedness from the past and so though to me those are rocks too there's that yeah. shallow layer and it may have been you know something that happened in your upbringing that um, you know whatever it could be anything that you got that you were emotionally wounded by so abandonment issues, rejection, divorce, parent, you know, your, um, you know, y- your parents were separated or just all sl- a whole slew of different kinds of issues that uh, make growing up really difficult, maybe not as healthy as you could have been. And we carry those wounds with us into our adult life. And it wasn't as until I was a young adult, like in my early 20s, that I just started to begin remembering what some of those things were. You know, because half the time you're trying to survive high school or trying to achieve and trying to get onto the path of success, whatever they tell you that is. So um, I do think those become rocks in your later on later on in life, and you have to intentionally go into that those places and start to dig those out. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that, like, um, hurts from the past uh, that have created, like, a mindset or mm. a perspective or a worldview in our minds um, are probably the biggest hindrances yeah. to the fruit of the Spirit um, coming out in our lives. I think the other thing, too, though, is fear. I think fear is, like, a huge huge thing in our world today that hinders us is like if um you know if i'm afraid of walking down a certain street or i see a certain type of person and i'm afraid of them i'm not necessarily gonna be able to love them or i'm not gonna have peace mm -hmm. you know and that's not what god has called us to um or if i'm afraid of what other people are gonna think of me yeah. You know, I'm not going to be able to walk in the fruit of the Spirit either. And I think fear, I mean, there's so many fears that contribute to that. And I think sometimes we're even afraid of, okay, God, if I, if I ask you to do this in my life, like, what's going to happen if you really do it? Like, I want to have more love for, you know, people at work. Well, what if God starts asking me to pray for these people? What if God asks me to invite them to church? What if God asks, asks me to do something about it? And I think we're sometimes afraid of, of actually like God answering us and us having to give up some of our precious time Yeah, to have to do something. Yeah, I think that's even like, you know, the fear of missing out is like why hashtag <laughs> FOMO <laughs> you know I'm not I don't want to turn my phone off or like get off yeah. social media because what if what if someone does something that's super noteworthy and I miss it you know <laughs> there is so many fears I think associated with life today yeah so true and I want to I want to go back for a second um, when you guys were talking about uh, emotional woundedness what I found is that because I, I mean I have a a lot of wounds from my past and uh, even still today sometimes things come up from, mm -hmm. from that even though I feel like you know I know that God has, has set me free from that and, and I feel like the Lord has healed me from it but uh, those things still come up from time to time mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to note that we're not really uh, equipped to deal with that stuff by ourselves mm -hmm. yes you know, we need somebody, whether that's, you know, somebody that's a pastor at a church or just a friend. Uh, but I think, you know, as as Christians, we should go to somebody who can give us help and knowledge and, and insight from God's word. Um, and I think even sometimes it might be necessary to seek professional counseling. Yeah. You know, from a therapist, somebody that can help us work through those things like that's OK. Psychology is not of the devil. Yes totally yeah i was just gonna i was actually thinking of that earlier too when uh ken asked like what are practical things right that mm -hmm. we can do i think just like hanging out having a conversation with somebody who is also a christian is like something that helps me stay on track and like because yeah christianity was not meant to live by yourself yep you know it's not all about me my walk with god it affects other people and it's affected by the people that i allow in my life so mm -hmm. like being able to walk in the spirit has a lot to do with the people I talk to and what we talk about. Yes. Like, am I, am I being honest with my friends and saying like, Hey, I had a bad day. You know, I was not full of joy today. 
can you pray with me? Can we talk about like what what does it look like to have joy? You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be like a long, serious conversation, but just part of our everyday life. Or a therapy session, especially <laughs> with friends, right? I agree. I the the whole letter to the Galatians, all Paul's letters were written not just to individuals. We interpret it through an individual lens, mm -hmm. and so then um, that's because of the extreme extremely high levels of individualism that our culture is is based around I and mean, really it is so if we were to keep it in a kind of a with the understanding that this is written to a community of people that um, I think there's a really high need and longing for that kind of deeper connection even though we live in a technologically advanced world where you where you can fool yourself into thinking you're connecting just by social media types of things. When in reality, what you need is a deeper level of connection. I think that's what you're talking about, Ari. And if you're going to remain, maybe the word is, is cliche now, but I'm going to use it, authentic and honest. Uh, those are some of the things I think that get you further along in, in the spiritual life, the Christian life, when you're you're able to honestly deal with those things in the presence of others who love and care for you. Mm -hmm. And we tend to want to do it on our own. Um, and to kind of, you know, it's the self-help culture. Like, hey, that's just it. I'm going to go get help by myself. When in actuality, uh, we need the, the right kind of people around us. Yeah, hmm. I think too, like um, people today, I think probably have a way higher fear of being known mm -hmm. than in the past because of oh, social true. media that's so true. Yeah. and stuff and it's just not it's not popular but it's also not common to be really known for yeah. who you truly are and to be loved and accepted for that yeah. and um and you know inspired to move forward mm -hmm. um and so i think too that's why i have a lot of christian friends that are going into therapy and like taking that up and saying like hey let's do this because people have had such like shame and fear of being known yep. they need a really safe place to start off to yeah. be known and then they can move forward with that well we live in a day and age now you can cre you can create a version of yourself that you think everyone's gonna like yeah online you know it's that that we we've taken the whole image maintenance thing and projection thing to a whole new level with with uh, with all the technology. So you're right. A lot of more people are looking for safe safe places to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the idea. It's you know the fear of being rejected if you really knew who I was under this mask that I wear. Yeah. Well, I think even even in church communities, you know, in the church or Christian communities, it's very easy for us to hide behind. Uh, fancy Christian words or sayings, right? You can, you know, how you doing? How you doing today, brother? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. How are you? You know, or, you know, you know, God's just working, working on things in my life, but his, his mercies are new every morning, right? <laughs> Amen. You know, and, and I feel like we know the right words to say in order to deflect people and stop them from probing any deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, I used yeah. to get so afraid and like when I first got saved it was a super charismatic church and first time I heard somebody from the pulpit uh, 
like call somebody out for something that was going on in their life it terrified me wow <laughs> and so every time i was going into a church service i would always pray and, and like ask for forgiveness for everything because <laughs> i didn't want whoever was speaking to be like hey there's somebody to in the back row that's struggling with sin <laughs> yeah, so that's totally off topic but yeah, yeah we need people mm-hmm. we need to surround ourselves with people so if i i, I know people who don't know Jesus mm-hmm. and if I was to sh- show them Galatians 5 and show them the fruits of the Spirit they would say well I have love I have joy I have patience in my life I have peace I don't need Jesus right so it's what's the difference between biblical love biblical joy and unbiblical love and non-biblical joy like what is there a difference I think well, first of all, I think that like the fruit of the spirit is not evidence that you need Jesus. Like I think you need Jesus because we've all sinned and need a savior. And I think that like the fruit of the spirit are like the benefits of knowing Jesus. Right. Um it's like extra, you know? And I think too the thing about it is like what we were saying earlier, it doesn't necessarily come out of my effort to produce love joy patience peace um but it's something that is produced through the holy spirit when i'm in relationship with him yeah and that like it's not swayed by my circumstance or by someone who comes and offends me because i think as you grow in the spirit you become more and more unoffendable like Mm -hmm. even though that person cut me off i'm not even gonna have to think about not being upset because the Holy Spirit is producing patience in me. Okay, so the kind of good fruit that a life with Jesus produces, uh, is, is that fruit in its truest form uh, countercultural to the way that people as in, in, in general live today? It is countercultural in the sense that, the, that um, whether they acknowledge it or not, people are being discipled by a culture that is, in fact, and does not exercise self-control, a whole lot of it, is not patient, is not kind, you know, mm-hmm. is not loving. And yet people long for it. And um, it surprises them when they see it mm. to some degree. So, so and what are you, what you were saying earlier, um, like you're choosing to have patience or asking the Lord to give you patience even when you don't want to. Right. Right. And so love, I mean, that's an easy one to take, right? Love should be regardless of circumstance, regardless of what somebody has done to me uh, or not done for me, I'm called to love them anyway. And so I would say that, that yes, that is countercultural because you know, a lot of times we we give or or react or treat people the way that they treat us. Mm-hmm. And so the true fruit of the spirit when it comes to love is regardless of what you've done to me, I'm still choosing to show you love because that's how Jesus treated all of us. Yeah, I think I think they're not individually, they're not necessarily countercultural, but I think that even goes back to what we're talking about in the beginning. You know the Bible says the fruit and then lists these nine things is that like 
they work together and that in itself is countercultural and there's no time limit there's no like conditions as to whether you're going to walk in those or not and i think that's the part that's countercultural is that i'm allowing the holy spirit to produce these in my life so that they become my new nature because by nature i am a selfish you know short-tempered person you're a sinner <laughs> you're a, by your own confession you are a sinner you know, right? it's now recorded forever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but i'm allowing the holy spirit to make my nature new so that now as I walk with the Holy Spirit, I'm now by nature a loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, long-suffering, faithful, good, gentle, self-controlled person. And that's the countercultural part. I'm not allowing you to dictate how I feel or my circumstance, but the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you were naughty by nature. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But I like, I, I, I like that I like that idea. I like that idea because it, it there is a progression and it, meaning I think in that verse it even says right after it lists all the fruit like against these things there is no law. Yeah. There's no limit to the amount of love, self-control, patience on and on that can be developed in us and it becomes second nature to us as we grow in it. Um, or first or first nature to us like meaning we we it's not something we we have to always think about and i think you said this earlier what made me laugh because uh, i used to get really irritated on the freeway or offended mm -hmm. you know if you want to use the word offended and i do think that furious the more, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more accurately but i do think there is a truth to that that as we allow the nature of jesus to take root in us we remove the obstacles we get the soil of our heart right what grows uh, grows to the point where we're actually not as offended by the things we used to be offended by in the past, you know? Totally. And so we actually grow in our capacity to, to let things go where we don't have to intentionally forgive all the time because we, we get it, you know? Or, mm -hmm. So I, I just, I think that's the beauty of the fruit of the Spirit is there's, it's an abundant harvest every time, you know, if mm -hmm. we continue to, to till the soil of our hearts. Is that a song, till the... Like Till the soil of my heart, Lord. Yeah. We should write a song. <laughs> no. should have someone write a song. That's not a song. Sounds like it could be a song. It could be a rap, though. Amazing. Um, okay, so that's a good uh, little segue to what I wanted to ask in closing. Is, uh, is the fruit of the Spirit something as a Christian that I need to strive for? Do I need to strive to have all nine of these fruits evident in my life as much as possible? I think no. Mm -hmm. I think uh oh. <laughs> hey, if ten years ago I'd have heard that and said, "Okay, I'm gonna yes. give you know that person on the freeway the one finger salute." <laughs> yeah, I think no. Like, I think what the thing that we work for, the goal, is to abide and to walk with the Spirit, mm -hmm. and that those things naturally come. Like, you know, even I think the farmer doesn't necessarily like strive to produce the fruit, but they strive to like, and strive is not the best word, but mm -hmm. they put effort into making the conditions right that yes. the fruit will come. I think it's a good indicator. Like, I think if you are taking, you know, 
survey of your life and like, mm-hmm. hey, am I really walking with the Holy Spirit? Is there an area I need to work in? I think it's a good checklist. Yeah. But I don't think that I necessarily strive for all those things in my life. Yeah. Yeah, because the Christian life is not a relationship with moral principles. Ooh. It's a relationship with a person. I'm going to tweet Ooh. that. Right? I'm so tweet, that's good. we can't strive, like she was saying, you can't strive for love, joy, peace as moral standards in themselves. I mean, you can, but that'll be a losing battle and very frustrating as many have experienced. What you strive for is a honest, authentic relationship with the person who can produce that in you. Mm. So like when I got married, you know, um, I became a more loving person, not because I was striving for love, but because I was in love with somebody, you know, and, and you change stuff when you're in love. So I think the striving is more applied to the relationship with Jesus versus trying to be a good person. So it's about cultivating a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And then the natural byproduct of that relationship will be the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. as you become more like him. But we need we need the fruit. The fruit has to be evident in our life. Absolutely. Right? I mean, John 15, if we don't bear fruit, we'll be cut off and thrown in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. But we need the fruit. We just... I like what you said. We're not striving to for these these moral standards. We're loving yeah. Jesus, and the byproduct will be will be better people. Yeah. yeah, it's the focus that I think is important. Like you said, a lot of people can strive to be good, to have good behavior, but I think what we're after is uh, the kind of healthy heart or soul that would naturally produce behavior that honors Christ or Christ's behavior in us if you want to get real theological about it Christ living in us living his life through us you know there's a mysterious element to that but it's that's kind of what the Christian life is about it's it's him in us doing that work okay so one last question for somebody that might want to know um, if somebody was to come to you and say hey, I'm not seeing evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. What is the single best thing you would tell them to do in order to be able to cultivate a life that shows evidence of those things? I think, um, I think if we're talking specifically about the fruit of the Spirit, I mean, obviously spending more time with Jesus, but um, more practically, I think... Uh, get someone that you trust and is also a Christian, maybe has been a Christian longer than you, or you see the fruit of their spirit in their life, and ask them to like meet with you regularly and have an honest conversation about like what areas do I feel like the fruit aren't in my life, and also what areas do I feel like are do have the fruit of the spirit, and I think through that kind of regular conversation you'll learn how to grow better in the Holy Spirit. Nice. Yeah. Like a like finding a mentor. I mean a mentor, yes, but also just a friend that, that you live in accountability with. Okay. Yeah. I think just by that person coming up and being honest about I don't see this happening, I think honestly that's the first step 
is coming honest to yourself and to God mm-hmm. about where you're lacking. And, you know, that could easily turn into um, unhealthy introspection where you're focused way too much on yourself. So I do think there's an, it's important to, to just, you know, to get into those, what we, we talked about earlier, those soil, those soul cultivating activities. Com- a healthy Christian community with others, time in the Word of God, um, honest and open reflection on your life. And to do it in, like you said, in community. Um, and there's a whole lot of other things you talk about in terms of actually changing specific behaviors. But, but I think that in general, that's where I'd start. I'd just say, thanks for being honest. That's the first step. You know, come out of your denial that you're all that, and God can work with that. Now let's get in relationship and let's walk through this together and watch the Spirit of God work. I mean, obviously. You joked about it, but the first thing is, hey, well, spend time with Jesus. Like, what are you doing? If yeah. if, cultiv- if spending time with Jesus produces fruits, then why are you not spending time with Jesus? Um, yeah, I think being being a part of, I mean, whether it's just one person or being a part of a community of people, you know, I always think too, like, um, you know, I if if I see something lacking in my life, then I want to be around somebody where they are definitely not lacking in that area Mm -hmm. right and how do you how do you do this like why is it so easy for you to love people when i think they're all jerks like how is it easy for you to have patience with people when it's hard for me to do that so you know kind of learning how somebody else has gotten to that point and you know asking them how do you how do you do it yeah yeah and then actually trying it yeah and then giving that a try yeah my hope is that people who listen to this podcast well for our little monthly gatherings that we're putting together that millennials young adults uh, in this generation that they will um, they'll really find true community they'll really find a place that's safe enough for them to ask hard questions and to wrestle with you know questions of of faith because I still think a lot of them are trying to own a faith that they were given Mm. growing up with so my hope is that my closing thoughts is that my hope that these gatherings that we're going to be having you know every month will really uh, start to create that kind of atmosphere yeah mm-hmm. and People the podcast will a, help them a real faith yeah realizing that Christianity doesn't happen by osmosis mm-hmm. <laughs> well cool well hey if you made it this far thank you so much uh, for walking through uh, coming on this journey with us as we stumbled through it a little bit uh, but the conversation does not have to end here. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or haikus, uh, you can email us at millennialchristianity at gmail.com. You can also go on iTunes and give us a rating. Hopefully it's five stars. Um, and that would help greatly. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.